All right, we are back with another episode. Um, I'm going to start off with a little bit of history, just a couple of things here. Um, on this day in 1977, Roots premiered on ABC, the miniseries, the, the famous miniseries. And then on the same day in 1983, the A-Team starring Mr. T premiered on NBC. And I picked these two because, um, how should I say it? Well, Roots was a huge thing in the 70s, absolutely just kind of blew people away. And uh, Mr. T is kind of like a historic figure in American television. I was just like, do you have any connection to either of these shows, really? Um, not really. I've never seen the A-Team. I know they did the film yeah. a while back. And I've never seen the original Roots. You know, I know bits and pieces, but I, I know the cultural significance of it, especially given like the 70s was sort of like, like the early time of black people on TV. And for that to right. come out was, I mean, it was, really, yeah, it shocked white America. Yeah, I kind of the same thing. I never really watched Roots, but I do remember my dad having um, the the book that I remember seeing and it was like huge and it was, and it was thick. So um, that's kind of my connection to it. And the same thing about the A-Team, I don't think I really watched it. It wasn't something they had reruns of, which is interesting, at least. Yeah. Know, as, as famous as it is, but um, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch that. But like everybody, you know, I know Mr. T and like, I uh, pity the fool and all that stuff. So. Yeah, he was, he sort of became the, the biggest star of that show. And that's right, not right. a show they show them like Nick at Night or Right, right. Whatever channel it is now, like it's not that popular. Yeah. Yes. Brandon likes film. Lauren prefers TV. Together, they chronicle life in a peak entertainment era. Welcome to It's a Streamable Life. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. This week, we'll continue our recap on Euphoria and add the dissection of the SAG Award nominations. Yes. But first, let's get into what's new for the past week, starting with our headlines. All righty. Um, headlines for me. First up, and this will cause a uh, what's the word? Frenzy online. Um, singer Adele announced the postponement of her Vegas residency, which was to start last Friday. Yes. Um, the 22nd. No, 21st. Yeah. And she actually announced the postponement the day before. So oh. a lot of fans, exactly. Yes. A lot of fans had already planned their trip or were already in Vegas um set to go and she said you know COVID was part of the reason she had to postpone a lot of the crew had it and the production wasn't ready but yeah. all the dates have been uh, rescheduled and I guess it's supposed to start in July now yeah I saw something that said she had like a 60 person choir that could be I'm not sure um and I had an insider tell me she knows someone that works in the hotels in Vegas that oh. She actually allegedly postponed because she hired a new production manager and didn't like the set or whatever and just uh, started from scratch. So I don't know. Either way, fans were quite upset and there was some backlash yeah. against her. So, well, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, it was announced that Mary Elizabeth Winstead, known for. Um, it was on the tip of my tongue. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kate, um, Brain Dead. She has joined the cast of Ashoka, the new upcoming Star Wars series on Disney Plus. Okay. She will join Rosario Dawson on that show. And no, there's no word on what her character or who her character is. Are th is this live action or is this animated? Yes, this is live action. So okay. sort of another spinoff of The Mandalorian where Ashoka... Uh, Dawson's Ashoka first premiered. Okay. And then finally, uh, it was announced the full runtime of Matt Reeves' The Batman, which premieres March 4th. 
um, two hours and 55 minutes. <laughs> and it's clocking in as the longest Batman film. Um, people are outraged. <laughs> that's that's a long time. Yes, and they said with credits. So it's not like it's two hours and 55 minutes without credits. So, but Spider-Man No Way Home was only five minutes, 10 minutes less than that. So I don't know why people are complaining. Yeah, yeah. It's very strange. All right. Well, I'll get into mine. Um, some interesting news, and uh, this just came out earlier today, but there is a chance that at this upcoming Oscar that a new record could be set. Um, in the category that would technically be um, adapted screenplay, the leading contenders, there's four women that could possibly be nominated. Uh, there's Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, um, Maggie Gyllenhaal for the Lost Daughter, Rebecca Hall for Passing, and I can't pronounce her name, um, Cian Heder for Coda. Oh. And this says that if, you know, three of them get nominated, that would break, the, that would set a record. And if four did it, it would be the most in, um, you know, the Academy Awards history for it to have, if they all four manage it. So um, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And there's a lot of other women, uh, up for possible nominations. Of course, these haven't come out yet, but yeah, it's just a, right. a possibility. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, Sundance is happening right now. And as usual, some things have already been snatched up. And one of those is the documentary Fire of Love. It is a documentary about, um, I believe it's a couple of two French scientists who died trying to track volcanoes, which is like their greatest passion. So it's this, oh, this wow. weird. Yeah, love story and uh, passion and just this, uh, the reviews so far since so really moving and amazing and, and no surprise, National Geographic bought it. So um, I suppose if you have a National Geographic channel, you'll be seeing that sometime soon or I'm not sure how that will work, but um, yeah, so that could be interesting. And then lastly, last week, I wanna say maybe last Thursday or Wednesday, there was a profile piece put out by Vulture and it was about Joss Whedon. And I don't know who okayed this. I don't know why they thought he was a good topic or good person, but um, in it, he tries to redeem himself and explain his behavior over the last, what, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the writer, she, gave him rope and he he hung himself over and over again because he just he came out much worse than than I think what he he must have thought while he was speaking so correct just just nothing um, but yeah it was a lot of people were talking about it online for a while and um, yeah he didn't help himself at all but yeah you can find that full article on vulture.com and I think it's still one of the top stories so yeah yeah it was a awful profile yeah <laughs> just because he basically doubled down everything yeah had a explanation for everything everyone else was wrong and he was right and right right yeah and this whole thing about he couldn't help himself because the young women he like you know gotten these relationships with look so much like the women that rejected him when he was like a boy i'm like and see a ass man like that's <laughs> That's incel behavior. Yeah. Like, like grow up. Dude, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's hard to understand. It really is. Yeah. Get some therapy, Josh. Please. All righty. We'll move on to our staples and what's new. Um, the celebrity obits keep on trucking in. This past week, we lost comedian Louis Anderson. Yeah. Um, he had a, a very aggressive form of cancer, I believe, um, yeah. and died at the age of, I believe he was like 64. Yeah, I think he was 68. 68, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, in Las Vegas, and an outpouring of tributes um, for him, how nice he was. Um, he had most recently won an Emmy for his performance on Baskets a few years ago. Yeah, that show's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and um, I remember the life with Louis animated series in the 90s so he was definitely a legend um we also lost the singer meatloaf um rock singer of the 70s 80s and then actor into the 90s um yeah. 
most known for Bad Hell from Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, his role in Fight Club as well. Um, he was 74 years old and allegedly he was an anti-vaxxer. They say he died of COVID. So, wow, damn. Yeah. Rough. Um, in some very sad news, which I forgot to put on here, um, Regina King lost her son to suicide yeah. this past week. And that was an utter shock. Um, he was only 26 years old and he, he seemed to be the light of her life. Um, yeah. Always talked um, heavenly about him and he always accompanied her to different shows and things like that. So um, we're definitely sending condolences to her during this difficult time. Right, right. And then just today they announced that uh, fashion designer Mulgare uh, suddenly passed away at the age of 73. Um, uh, fashion icon um, yeah. right after uh, Andre Leon Talley it's, it's very odd uh, they say he wasn't sick he wasn't ill so it's, it's, it's a sudden thing for them as well so it, it's it's weird out here yeah I, it, it's just strange because I think if COVID weren't happening we may not think much of it at all but mm -hmm. You know, you just never know what's what. Right. I think there were reports today that said um, Leon Talley passed of COVID. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, in some brighter news, we had a lot of trailers this past week. Um, this time, well, last Monday, during one of the wild card games in the NFL, Disney premiered the Moon Knight trailer. Um, this is their upcoming Marvel series that will debut March 30th, starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. Um, he's sort of like a deep cut character, as you'd say. Um, uh, sort of like a vigilante anti-hero uh, that possesses this normal human, but um, Isaac's character suffers from, I believe it's dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. So on top of that, he gets consumed with his power and things go from there. So it seems like it could allow it to take a different direction than other Marvel movies. Yeah, it, it's giving WandaVision, but heightened, I feel. Yeah. Um, again, this is the first time this character has been on screen. So it'll be something fresh for the universe that they're building. Yeah, That's good. That's good. Yeah. And then two Apple series um, got trailers. Uh, first was Severance. This is the new series from Ben Stiller. Um, yeah. It's sort of like a dark workplace thriller starring Adam Scott um, of Parks and Rec fame, where uh, employees have um, volunteered to undergo a procedure where as they're at work, they forget about their home life. And once they leave, work property they forget about their work life and it's supposed to reach sort of like work-life balance but of course things go terribly wrong right, right um the trailer was definitely giving me like sam sam esmail like homecoming vibes so definitely interesting that i think that premieres next month okay and then uma thurman stars in suspicion um Allegedly, her son uh, is kidnapped for a large ransom, and she believes there are five suspects. Um, and these suspects eventually try to solve the problem or the crime themselves as they're each uh, are under suspicion. Yeah. It, it looks pretty decent. I know her wig looked a little off. <laughs> <laughs> like you could, you could tell it was not her hair. Right, right, right. Um, but it looks interesting. Oh, that's good. That's good. No, she's good. She's a good actress. So, yeah, yeah, and the cast look pretty strong too. Um, most of them are are British, as I believe it takes place in the UK. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and then we got the trailer for a film called The Fallout, starring yeah. Jenna Ortega. <laughs> um, this premiered at South by Southwest last year, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes, basically, it's about um two friends not really friends, two classmates right. who survive a school mass shooting and just the aftermath 
of trying to piece their lives back together and what that experience actually looks like. Because I don't really think we've ever gotten much of the after. It's always either the before or like, yeah. what led to, but um, it's, it's gotten rave reviews, especially for Ortega's performance. Yeah. And that, that comes, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that comes out Thursday. Yes, on HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah. Yes, so I'm very excited. And she she has really, like we mentioned last week, because uh, she was in something else or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember what I was, I was just thinking about that. I can't remember what I was watching, but yeah. Yeah, she's she's booked and busy and she still has um, the Wednesday series on Netflix, I believe, where she'll play yeah. uh, Wednesday Adams in a sort of like a spinoff series about the Adams family. So yeah, she's out here busy. Yeah, she is. All right, we'll get into the box office and Spider-Man quietly took the weekend. Um, etching its total domestic box office amount to $720 million. Um, globally, it's $1.6 billion, which makes it the number six all-time grossing film. Wow. So, nice. yeah, that is incredible, crazy numbers for a movie during the pandemic. Alrighty, we'll get to our next segment here, our pick six. So what were the top three things you watched this past week? Okay, so uh, first thing, I'm not sure if I spoke about last week wanting to watch it, but I watched the new Netflix series called um, Archive 81. Um, and it was it was really good. It's really confusing to explain, so I'll try to do my best, but it is kind of like a sci-fi type drama thriller where this guy works as, um, he restores like footage and different types of tapes and he gets hired by this mysterious like millionaire to restore these tapes to kind of well he doesn't tell him at first but through it the he the guy restoring the tapes learns the story and as it goes on and on he learns that his dad is a part of it and he gets drawn into it because it's just so deep and it's really kind of interesting and it's definitely something you have to watch to understand but um it stars uh Mamadou at at the at the I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. I think it's at uh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Matt McGorry from uh, oh god, Orange is the New Black and the other one, How to Get Away with Murder, and um, yeah, it's, it's really good. The cast is pretty strong. The acting is good, and it's a it's a lot of fun to follow through. But definitely something you kind of want to pace yourself. Um, then randomly on Hulu, uh, there's this movie called Bergman Island. And this, this got really good reviews when it first came out, but um, it's about a, a couple who traveled to this island where Ingmar, Ingmar Bergman, who's like a really famous real life um, filmmaker, used to work and live. And they, uh, they go and try to kind of get inspired, but it, it turns into this, this really kind of um, relationship where I don't know how to say it. They kind of, they learn more about each other and maybe the relationship isn't as good as it is. Like this island brings it out of them. Like one of them likes being there, the other doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting and definitely worth watching. And it has, I can't pronounce her last name, but I think it's Vicky Crepes. She was in Phantom Thread. Um, Tim Roth is in it, who's been in so much. And then uh, Mia was a, Wazikowska. I know I'm butchering that, but yeah. And then lastly, um, The Killing of Two Lovers. This was on Hulu as well. Real short movie to the point. This couple who is who married when they were right out of high school, they're I'm guessing in their 30s, has split. They have four kids. It's in this real small town. And this guy, the guy in the relationship, lives literally down the street from the house where he was with his wife and their children. And it's just this really, really intense um, kind of drama about moving on and, uh, and, and kind of masculinity in a way because he's on the outside, he's saying he's fine, he's doing the right things, he's helping with the kids, he's doing all this, but in his spare time, he's going to like this barren field and beating up like this dummy, he's shooting at it, he's doing all these different things. And 
It's really good though, really intense. And um, if I can find the names here, my computer is acting dumb. Here we go. Uh, Clayton Crawford plays one of the main characters. Chris Coy is in it. I think his name is recognizable. And um, Sebada, Sebada Moafi, she plays the wife in this and she's been in a few different things. So okay, yeah, but yeah, that's what I checked out this week. All right. I definitely need to tap into Hulu's film archive because they have a lot, a lot of stuff. They have too much. <laughs> that too. All right. For me, it was pretty light this past week. But first off, I need to mention um, this past week's episode of Abbott Elementary. Um, it really sort of hit home just because as my mom is, uh, works in the schools, it sort of touched a storyline of uh, new technology with like veteran teachers and sort of like them learning her yeah. um, and the feeling that they're being you know pushed out if they can't adapt so it was a really good episode um, and then uh, Superman and Lois on C- the CW I still can't believe the show is as good as it is um, they they've put a lot of money into this show um it, it's like it doesn't look like a cw show it looks like cin- cinema level action and, and writing and acting so it's always impressive to watch and then lastly i haven't don't think i've watched the whole series yet but i stumbled upon a docuseries on oxygen called monster in the shadows and um it originally aired on Peacock and they were sort of, I guess, previewing it on Oxygen. Um, I guess the whole series is only three episodes, but I've always caught it in between, had no idea where I am in it every time it's on. But I guess it aired in August of last year on Peacock. Basically, a teen in Alabama went missing and the police go to investigate, of course, and they uncovered that her family was running an incestuous sex ring. Jesus. So, like, the men of the family, like, certain uncles, um, aunts, whatever, were molesting nieces and nephews, and then as they grew older, they continued the behavior um, to the point where they eventually arrested, like, up to 10 members of the family. And um, they basically hypothesized that this team was murdered because she was going to the police to sort of break the news on this secret. Um, I I haven't watched the whole thing just because the content is so heavy. Like, it's, it's, it's very terrifyingly, terrifying um, that this would occur and you always hear rumors of, you know, as jokes of this going down in the South, but like, this was like legit horrific, like, um, and some family members said they had no idea what was going on. Like, allegedly one victim said that an uncle and an aunt, like had a force a threesome behind the child. Like it, it was, it's crazy. So this all occurred back in like 2012. And now they're talking about it now. Um, and I guess to this day, they still haven't found a culprit um, or the girl's body, so. And you said this is on on Peacock? Yeah. Wow. And it's three episodes. I, I, I guess uh, Oxygen was airing it because um, they're true crime or whatever. But yeah, it's only three episodes, but I haven't been able to watch it consecutively, so. That sounds like something straight out of true detective or i guess vice versa true detective sounds like <laughs> yeah something out of that yeah definitely it was very interesting these are like it's down in mobile alabama so these are like regular hick town white folks yeah yeah wow. it, it was it's tragic all righty that's our pick six uh right now we'll take a quick break and when we return we'll get into our no concessions
We are back. Um, before we get into Brandon Recommends, were you able to watch any Sundance films? Uh, no, I wasn't. I did not get into any, but I'm going to try to before it ends. So, Okay. Um, I was able to get into some this weekend. I don't know if I'll be able to get into any this week. Okay. But I did catch um, uh, Framing Agnes. All right. Which, uh, was really good. I wasn't sure of the concept, but basically... Um, some researchers find documentation of a UCLA professor who interviewed um, transgender citizens back in like the 1940s. Yeah, yeah. And they basically re reenact these uh, interviews and like with trans actors, trans individuals, and then talk about their lives. It's a very interesting documentary. It was really good. Um, I watched Nanny. This was a film starring Anna Diop, um, who we most known for is most known for Titans. Now, yeah. um, she plays a Singalese immigrant who works as a nanny, working to, to raise money to bring her son over to the United States. Um, while she's working for this family, um, she's haunted by some supernatural force. Um, I miss her tenure there. Um, it, it's it's pretty decent as well. And then today I was able to see um, Master with Regina Hall that investigates, it's like a, a racial thriller um, investigating racism in academia. Um, I also saw Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, which starred Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown. It's a satirical piece about megachurch culture. Hmm. And then to I uh, watch uh, 892 with John Boyega, which depicts the true story of Brian Brown Easley. He was a Marine veteran who um, took a bank hostage and demanding uh, payment from the VA because he felt he was wrongfully, uh, what's the word? He basically said he was robbed of funds that they owed him and that yeah. ordeal. Um, all of them were really good films. I especially liked um, Master and Framing Agnes. But yeah, those are the films I was able to watch. Okay. All right. No, that's good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try to get into some because as I've been checking out websites, I keep seeing reviews. And like I said, um, I almost got like, like FOMO. Because last time when we went, I mean, when we watched it, you did kind of feel like, oh, I've seen this and people haven't. I know what's going to happen. And Right now, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. I need to catch up. Yeah. So, and there's still but, plenty of films to premiere. Yeah, yeah. I think there's what, like a whole week left. It's the 30th that it ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, randomly, back on Hulu, they have some random stuff. And I saw this really interesting uh, <laughs> movie. <laughs> At least the, the premise seemed interesting. It was, a, it was a competition about strippers. And I was like, oh, that's interesting to have that in the 80s. And maybe it delves into like sex work and everything. And it does that to some extent, but this, this documentary is literally entitled Strippers. It is not supposed to be funny, but it is so <laughs> cheesy. And the lines that are written, it is, it, it, there's like some real to it, but it's so hokey and corny at some points. And I couldn't stop watching it. It's hilarious. It shouldn't be, but, um, but yeah, it does talk about strippers in that time and they go to Las Vegas to do this world championship of stripping. And I was so sure I was gonna watch something that was deep and about sex work and how it affects lives. And I just came out of it like, what? Like, but <laughs> I, would, I would definitely advise people to check that out because it's, it's pretty decent. It's Okay. That's funny. All right, we'll move on to previously on with our second episode of Euphoria. Um, this was entitled Out of Touch, and I would say it was somewhat of a modeler episode compared to the premiere. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on this episode? Yeah, I completely agree that it was much calmer and uh, toned down that intro, like the first five minutes was like a fever dream. It was like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. It's just a, a lot of stuff. Um, 
whenever Cal's back on the scene, it's never good. But uh, but yeah, it, it was much more subdued, but we still, the story moved along as it should. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I especially enjoyed um, sort of the, not interaction, but the depiction of Lexi and sort of her difficulty with speaking up and yeah in her ground um because she is one of the most morally centered individuals on the show right. um and her her decision to sort of like step out of that you know comfort zone right right um i really like the scene with rue and elliot um sort of like uh investigating their friendship and sort of their motivations right um i think the standout scene was with cat um, in her bedroom, and it really touched on sort of the the erosiveness of like positivity fatigue. Right, um, right. There's a lot of sort of like just bombarding people with, you know, you can do it. You know, talk that inner self, be positive, and and people have to sit back and realize that people have to sit back and let people validate the feelings they're feeling at that moment. Exactly. Um, and that's the only way in order for them to sort of come out of whatever they're in is to, is to be honest about what they're feeling. Right. So I thought that scene was really good. Um, and then we had Ali meeting Rue's mom. Yeah. Which was interesting. Um, Maddie and this family he's babysitting for, what did we think of that interaction? Something's going to come of it. What? I'm not sure, but. Um, I don't think there would have been that much focus on it. Why not just have her leave? You know what I mean? Like something's going to happen. So um, yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll have to keep an eye on that because. Yeah, that interaction with the mother was very foreshadowing of something. I don't know. Right, yeah. Um, we also had Cassie and Nate doing whatever this is. Um him driving her out to the sticks to break up with her and then eventually make out. Yeah. Yeah, she's going through it, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Their story's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of ended with uh, Nate and his father, Cal, after that weird interaction he had with Fez um, where it, it was clearly some type of threat. Um, yeah. given what Fez did to his son. But um, Nate sort of had the upper hand in the situation where he knows about his father's indiscretions, right, specifically right. about the one with Jules and yes. sort of holding it over his head. That um, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was up there with, why is this dead girl on your phone? <laughs> like, it was that kind of legendary. So... You know, they're trying to sort of pivot Nate as being somewhat human, somewhat good. Yeah. Because his his ultimate enemy is his father. Right. Um, he's quite aware of sort of like the, the toxic cycle that they exist in, but we'll see where it goes. Right. Um, but yeah, so far I'm enjoying the season and uh this week will be episode three, and we only have eight episodes, so this is going to go pretty quickly. Yeah. And it, it, which is, un, I mean, I guess that's fine, but I mean, it, it's, it's going to seem like it's going so much quicker because it's been, what, two years since we've seen it? So, yes. Yeah, we would actually have like season three by now, in all honesty. Yeah. All right, we're getting our feature presentation, which is the SAG nominations. That's the Screen Actor Guild Award nominations. Um, the SAGs will be airing because they had to reschedule. I believe it's, no, they have to reschedule. They'll be airing February 27th. Okay. Eight to 10, I believe they air on TNT and TBS. Um, and these are the awards where the actors vote on yeah. the winner, so it's sort of like your peers. Um, they're very interesting. Um, they acknowledge both uh, film and TV 
categories. So we'll just start with the TV, that's first. Um, we'll go through here and predict who we think will win or should win um, and get ready for the ceremony on 27th. Yeah. So uh, first up is outstanding performance by a male actor in a TV movie or limited series. We have Murray Bartlett for The White Lotus, Oscar Isaac for Scenes from a Marriage, Michael Keaton for Dope Sick, Ewan McGregor for Halston, and even Evan, Pe Evan Peters for Mayor of Easttown. Mm. Um, I've only finished Mayor of Easttown, so I can't really judge on the other ones. Um, I know Keaton took the Golden Globe. Yeah. Or dope sick. I was gonna say I've heard Dope Sick's the only one I haven't seen. And I've seen I but I've heard a lot of good stuff about that. Um that's tough. Halston, Ewan McGregor won't win. That that wasn't good. I, I think it's either gonna be Evan Peters, Michael Keaton, or Murray Bartlett. So yeah, Murray was sort of like a uh, name was brought up for the White Lotus and sort right. of was a standout. Um, next is the same category for female actor. We have Jennifer Coolidge for the White Lotus, Cynthia Revo for Genius Aretha, Margaret Qualley for Maid, and both Gene Smart and Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. I, the only... One I didn't watch was the Genius Aretha, which is surprising because I watched the first two seasons of Genius. Um, people love Jennifer Coolidge, and she's really good in that. So she 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 has a a good chance to win. But damn, people watch Mary Easttown like it was, you know, the first television show ever. So <laughs> yeah, I could see it go to Kate Winslet. Really, I could. Yeah. Um... Jennifer Coolidge is, is getting sort of like rave reviews. I wonder if the mayor votes will cancel each other out. Um, yeah. Because that's definitely interesting to put them both in there, but we'll see. Yeah. Next is outstanding performance by actor or actress in a comedy series. For actors, we have um, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, mm. uh, Brett Goldstein and Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and then both Stephen Martin and Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building. I have not watched any of these, so. Yeah, I, I'm not a Ted Lasso fan. Um, I'd, the Kaminsky method is always there and they always seem to win, but I'm gonna pick Steve Martin. No, my bad, Martin Short, because I did watch Only Murders in the Building. And that was a, a, the strangest trio of people, those two and then Selena Gomez, but it was it was funny. But Martin Short, yeah, he's hilarious. So I hope he gets it. Yeah, I've heard great things about that. I need to watch it, especially since it's sort of like a true crime podcast spoof type of yeah. thing. It'll be right up my alley. I can't remember. I want to say it's like 11 episodes and there's 30 minutes, but yeah, it's good. It's real easy to watch. And then in the comedy series, we for uh, female, we've got Elle Fanning for The Great, Sandra Oh for The Chair, Gene Smart for Hacks, and both Juno Temple and Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. Yeah, Gene Smart. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, chair, it, the chair was good, but Gene Smart was, yeah, better. <laughs> <laughs> If anybody else wins, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. All righty. Uh, best performance by ensemble in a comedy series. We have The Great, which is on Hulu, Hacks, The Kaminsky Method, Only Murders in the Building, and Ted Lasso. I would say Hacks or Only Murders. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hacks. I, the People were... I didn't hear a lot about only murders in the building in the same way that I heard about hacks, you know, hacks every Sunday, people were like, ah, you know, Jean Smart's doing this, she's killing it. So yeah, I think it's gotta be them. Yeah. Uh, we transitioned to the drama series categories, best actor. We have Brian Cox and Karen Culkin for Succession. Oh, and Jeremy Strong, those three for Succession. Billy Crudup for The Morning Show and Lee Jong-Jae for Squid Game. 
Hmm. Um, I th- I'm gonna have to go with Brian Cox. People seem to love him. Yeah, and his memoir just came out, and yeah. folks are aghast because he's like, like taking shots at people, but yeah. this is being honest. I, mean, I don't know. Right. Right. Um, female actor in drama series, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show, uh, Young Ho Yoon for Squid Game, Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, and Sarah Snook for Succession. I'm going to have to go with Snook. Yeah, I've not watched The Morning Show. I've just not really been. Yeah, I got maybe a third through it and just sort of stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll go Sarah Snook as well, I think, so. Yeah. Um, Ensemble for a drama series, The Handmaid's Tale, The Morning Show, Squid Game, Succession, and Yellowstone with its own nomination. Um, I, it's got to be between Squid Game and Succession, I think. Yeah. I, I would think. But... Uh, this is an American thing. So maybe between the morning show and succession. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Yellowstone upset yeah. because white America loves that show. Yeah. I've heard a lot about it. Like, and it's already got a, se- a prequel series. Like it's, it's its own thing. So it could upset if any of them did. We're now getting to our film category. And we're starting with outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. Um, we've got, I believe it's Ketriona Balf for Belfast, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Ruth Nega for Passing. Now, this one's stacked because Belfast, which I may see soon because it's at Keystone, is going, people have been applauding that. Uh, Kate Blanchett is Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariana DeBoy, I think she was nominated, may have won something already. Or Yeah, she won the Golden Globe. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kirsten Dunst was really good in The Power of the Dog, and Ruth Negga was incredible in passing. Um, I... This is tough. I would like to see Kirsten Dunst win. I think Ariana DeBoy wins it, though. Yeah. But, because Kirsten low-key is like having uh not like she disappeared, but she's having little, sort of like a a resurgence as an adult actress now. Yeah, yeah, she really is, yeah. Um, same category for male actor, Ben Affleck for the Tinder Bar, Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza, which I did not know he was in that movie. Mm. Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jared Leto, House of Gucci and Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Um, haven't seen no, any Jared, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, Jared Leto shouldn't win. <laughs> right, I feel the same. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's going to be between Bradley Cooper and maybe Troy Kotzer. Coda had a lot of fanfare, so. Mm-hmm. I know Ben Affleck's been on like this press tour, so I don't know if they'll be like, oh, it's been sort of like his return or something. I don't know. Right, right. Um, then it's uh, outstanding performance by a, a lead, for a leading role by a female actor. Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga, House of Gucci, Jennifer Hudson for Respect, Nicole Kidd. Kidman being the Ricardos. Um, that one is straightforward. It's going to be Olivia Coleman. Um, she is in, she's really good in that. That's a really good movie too. Everybody's acting their asses off in that. So um, yeah, if anybody else were to win, that would be an upset. So. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, I haven't seen Respect, but like, I, yeah, I, <laughs> The same with House of Gucci, like I'm sure she's given a good Ryan Murphy-esque performance because that's what it was right. giving like in the trailers for me, but. But 
but it brings up an interesting thing. Look at the four movies surrounding The Lost Daughter. They're all biopics. Yeah. And, I mean, do they all really deserve to be there? Is a question. The eyes of Tammy Faye, nobody really talked about that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I don't know. Kind that's of a, that's a, another conversation, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're missing Tessa Thompson here. Yeah. Passing. Um, like no one from Coda. Like I thought the lead from Coda was supposed to be like driving conversation. Kirsten Dunst, I mean not Kirsten Dunst. Kristen Stewart has been snubbed everywhere. And yeah, you just assumed yeah. Spencer was going to sweep. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it's very interesting. Uh, same category for male actor in leading role. Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Benedict Cumberbatch was really good in that. But The Tragedy of Macbeth was, I'm not sure how you, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah because Denzel was really good in that. And people are still very, um, still championing Will Smith's performance in King Richard, so. Yeah. Yeah, that one, that's a toss-up. Yeah. And finally, finally, outstanding performance by Cass in a motion picture. Well, not finally. We still got a few more, but. Um, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, House of Gucci, and King Richard. Those are the films that for best uh, feature. Um, Film-wise for ensemble, I know people really like King Richard. Um, you have Sonia Sidney, that was yeah. a breakout star in that, and Anjanou Ellis. Um, Lakota as well, had a great ensemble performance so yeah that that one may be up in the air too and obviously you look at the cast of don't look up and there's some big hitters on there so mm-hmm. maybe that will be a driving force i guess we'll have to see so yeah and the final two categories are both um stunt ensemble for a motion yeah. picture and television series um motion picture is black widow Dune, The Matrix Resurrections, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. TV series, we have Cobra Kai, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Mayor of Easttown, and Squid Game. Uh, I hope they all get an award. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I know stunt choreographers deserve recognition but i don't i don't really have a favorite or anything to uh to yeah so that brings us to our streaming for the weekend what are you hoping to see this week okay uh so so there's some couple things that come out on amazon prime there's a show called as we see it and this is a show that follows uh, three or four um, like uh, young adults living on the autism, autism spectrum. And it essentially just, it's like any other show we've seen of like people 20s, 30s, but these young people have autism and kind of creates a whole new dynamic. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the actors are actually on the spectrum, which is something that's not uh, right. common. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. So I'll check that out. Um, Showtime on Sunday, we get the we need to talk about Cosby, about Bill Cosby, which is at Sundance right now. So we'll see how that goes. And then um, in the theaters here, uh, Drive My Car, the movie mm-hmm. that's been up for a, a lot of talk is here. So if uh, the weather's not messed up, I may go and check that out. So, yeah. All righty, all righty. Uh, for me, I'm finally going to attempt to start Station Eleven on HBO Max. Yes. Um, 
it's the talk of the town for series so far. Um, I also want to try to catch the fallout on HBO Max as well. Yeah. Um, and I forgot the 30th is this coming week. Um, so I want to see, we need to talk about Cosby. Um, the trailer is making it look very provocative, very much needed. Also, it, it's going to be a difficult watch because we all know yeah. what it's about and everyone feels differently, but um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a must see. So yeah. yeah it, I think it's going to be the, maybe even more because it's different. Cosby is around for so many generations, but I think it'll have the same effect as the, uh, what was the one with R. Kelly? Surviving R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and given that he was released. Right. I, I don't know if they're going to try to prosecute again or what, but I wish he would just fade into yes, oblivion. Yeah, just leave it for him. Um, so yes, well, I'll try to be checking out this week. Um, we thank you for listening to It's Stream of Life podcast with Brendan and Lauren, where we um, talk about film and TV. You can follow us on social at AS Life Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to rate us, review, submit. Um, Reviews both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and share us with your friends. Um, and let us know what you think. Um, next week, we'll be discussing sort of the same things, but we'll add the premiere of HBO's The Gilded Age. This is supposed to be the big period drama from the creator of Downton Abbey. And Lifetime drops its Janet documentary. Um, we have two night uh, event on the 29th and 28th and 29th. So it'll be interesting to see what we get into this weekend but until then keep on streaming peace this has been it's a streamable life a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era listen share rate and subscribe weekly on apple podcasts and wherever else you get streamable life